Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Social Work Radio with me, your host, Vince Peart. I am joined once again by my glamorous co-host, Tilly. Tilly, my friend, how the devil are you? How have things been since you were last aboard the good ship SWR? Hello, everyone. Um, Things have been pretty standard, to be honest. Nothing much has happened since our our raucous weekend away where we got to record all those video podcasts last time. So it's weird that we're um, we're back in our respective areas of the UK and um, back to just audio podcast for today. Um, But it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Vince. you're you're spending your your valentine's day not with your wife but with me um how does your wife feel about that glad pleased 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 (laughs) pleased i imagine that you know another woman is enjoying my company on this evening um i mean i can't speak for her i wouldn't want to speak for her imagine 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 the complaints you would get if i was daring to speak on behalf of my wife that would get us in some trouble um, uh, she is delighted, I am sure. Really? Have you not got any romantic Valentine's Day plans? Maybe for another night? We well, we we did go out last night for my uh, daughter's birthday meal, uh, and uh, I. But that's not a date, is it? That's a that's a birthday party for your child. So well, we went, we went out for dinner. I had a steak, which is kind of romantic. Yeah, it's not the same though. You need some romance back in your life, Vince. I sent you. To... you I sent you a picture of the steak. You you did, yes. And I feel like we should discuss this because this came up at the writers' retreat that we had a couple of weeks ago. So I would like to get a I don't know a feeling from our listeners. Is it weird that Vince went to the football and instead of taking normal snacks like normal people, took a pocket full of steak? I think it's weird. That's, I think well, everyone I, else on the writers' retreat thought it was weird. But I took, um, I took some steak home last night as well, didn't I? You did. Can you tell us about this obsession with pocket meat? Because it is <laughs> it is very niche and very strange. And um, well, I, I'm sure I our listeners will be delighted to get to know you a bit better. I went out for a meal uh, early January, like second week of January, out for my father-in-law's seventy-first uh, birthday. We went to a local hard rock cafe on the quayside of Newcastle and uh, I had quite a large steak and a lot of chips. And I thought, I'll see the chips off now. I'll have half the steak. I'll cut it in half. I will wrap up the half that is left in a serviette. I double, I double wrapped it actually because I wrapped it in one serviette and that serviette was wet with steak juice. So I wrapped it again until it was dry and then I put it in the inside pocket of my leather jacket. I went to the football, and at halftime, I reached into my pocket, pulled out half a steak that was cold, and I ate it. And uh, a couple of the folk that sit near to me at the match were giving me um, queer looks as if it was unusual. And I raised this with you because we had steak. I, well, I had steak when we went out for dinner, uh, when we all met up for the social work news uh, gathering the other week. And I raised this with you and other people at the table, and um, the reaction was uh, one of shock. You seemed to be appalled that I uh, was walking around with half a steak in my pocket. I mean, it's wrong on so many levels. Well, tell me why. Well, it's, it's it, to wrap it in a serviette. I mean, didn't you get like bits of 
serviette fluff. I did it. actually. I had to give. I had to give it a vigorous rub. That's 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 a design flaw. I think in future, what I might have is I might have a, a ziploc bag that I keep in my pocket for these. But I could even have an inside pocket that I maybe saw um, some sort of ziploc bag inside. I have Velcro, so I can have it affixed. You know, it's, it's the early stages of pocket meat. It could go further. It's just, it's not a pocket snack. I mean, you take a bag of sweets or crisps or something. You don't, you don't take something that you would put on a main meal, a plate on a main meal. I think that's just, it's just wrong. You, you, you are giving me subjective personal reasons that it's wrong, but I'm hearing no valid reasons. I'm sitting um, here saying, tell me why, like a Backstreet Boy, and you are not giving me any reasons why. It is untoward for a 39-year-old man to be walking around a city centre and going to a football match with 52,000 other people with a half a steak in his pocket to enjoy at half-time. It's not a snack. You don't have a steak as a snack. If I was sat down in one of the executive boxes, you would say, oh, nothing wrong with that. But because I'm sat in the stands and it's cold and it's been in my pocket for the past two hours, suddenly there's a problem. No one can win against you. I need help, listeners. So can you please write in as to why Vince is wrong for having taking pocket date and trying to make a thing? Because I'm not going to win and I'm, I'm giving up. But yes, we are here on Valentine's Day together, Tilly. You know, it is 8pm on Valentine's Eve and um, I'm your date. You've, whoa, you've looked out there, Tilly. Lucky me. Lucky lady. <laughs> And here I am, here I am, titillating you and trying to uh, trying to seduce you on our date by telling you about... Well, let's, let's, let's paint that scenario. You know, I've asked you out on a date. First date, we're together. Um, I've ordered steak. You've ordered um, the duck. We sat there and I've eaten half my steak and you've looked over to me. You've just met me for the first time. You see me wrap this half a steak up in a double serviette put it in my pocket and I look you straight in the eye and say, I'm saving that for the football tomorrow. Would we have I a mean, second? I'm ghosting you after this date, honestly. So many red flags. Would that be it? So if everything else yeah. was lovely. That's a deal breaker. Good, That's weird. My handsome man, you know, funny. Everything else is going well. Me taking half a steak, put it in my pocket and say, I'm saving that for the football. That would be enough for you to say no dice. Yeah. It gives okay. me the ick, really does. Sorry. It? it gives you the ick of just the man going about his life with a bit of meat in his pocket. Yeah, completely. Does it? Maybe my standards are too high, but um I think they absolutely are, really. not. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of secret meat carriers out there. Mm, I'm not convinced. Well, I mean there are a lot of strange people in the world, so maybe no, you don't, just whoa, one whoa, of them. whoa. Hold the line. Are you labeling me strange and deviant for this behaviour? Absolutely, I am. Oh, yes. Well. Oh, well, we've had it all now. And this is probably why my wife's happy that I'm talking with you tonight. and not Quite possibly. Her. I mean, I do feel for your wife very deeply because, um, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to handle. I'm just a normal bloke. I'm just an everyday man who wants to carry steak around. I'm not, I'm no crime. No victim, no crime. Okay. The cow was a victim, I suppose. Yeah. But before we start angering the vegans um let's um should we move on and stop talking about pocket meat happy valentine's day listeners um <laughs> this week we are going to be discussing dating and relationships in social work i did that that quickly there tilly people will believe that was an edit but it wasn't that was live 
I just flipped. I just and I feel I need to acknowledge just that you told me to move on and I am moving on. Listeners, we're going to be yeah. talking about dating and relationships and social work. And you are here. You are here. You, 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 you've joined. You've joined me and Tilly. We're spending Valentine's Day together recording this podcast, Tilly. Is that a good yeah. sign about the state of our romance or a bad sign about the state of our respective romances? I mean, I can't decide for you whether it is a blessing or a curse that the fact that your wife is quite happy for, for you to spend the evening um, doing a podcast instead of romancing her in some way. But that's that's your business. Um, there's, I'm not saying anything about that. But I am a single Pringle, so I am... I'm making a podcast, which is probably a bit better um, for my soul than just vegging out on the sofa. So it's being it's a productive Valentine's Day. Would I be allowed to have Pringles in my pocket at the football? Uh, yeah, Pringles. Uh, yeah, that's OK. I, that's an acceptable snack. It's an acceptable snack. Um, I was currying the opinion of my team today. I was in the office today, a rare office day for me. I tend to work from home most of the days, but I was in the office today and I was was speaking to a colleague and I was explaining what I was going to be recording on the podcast tonight. And I was asking, I was asking her opinion. She's asked to be referred to as Francesca. That's not her real name. So um, I was keen to ask Francesca's opinion because she had been in a long-term relationship with a social worker and she met her partner on her social work degree course. So they went through university together, the majority of university together. They went through their training in ASYE together and they were together for two years of their career before separating last year. And the reason I was asking her, and I was getting her views, I want to start off by sharing her opinion is... You and I, Teddy, we've we've discussed around the fringes of dating as a social worker and articles and on the podcast before, but it's always been from a theoretical perspective. You know, we haven't um, been in any, you know, relationships with fellow social workers, but my friend Francesca has. And what she said is that it works, but only if you're compatible. It works, but if you are compatible and you and your partner don't have sort of problems and not not necessarily massive problems but if you can approach you know life and work in a similar way but if you have people who deal with life and work in different ways the impact of social work can exacerbate it considerably and what she said as well is that covid was a massive issue the fact that they were in a relationship and were just going into the start of their social work careers three years ago and had three children at home, the impact of working together, living together, caring for three children together in that environment of COVID was very, very, very difficult. And I was glad I got that insight. So thank you, Francesca, for sharing that with me and allowing that to be discussed. Um, I know you've never dated a fellow social worker, Tilly, but are you aware of anything similar like that story that was shared with me of, you know, colleagues that are social workers that have been together and any issues they've faced and how it might work? Yeah, I'm just trying to think back. I can't think of that many colleagues that are dating. Um, It's not that common, is it? I I haven't... No. There's a few examples. Maybe my career, like off the top of my head, I can think of 
four couples that have been. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I've 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 known a lot more than four like um, dalliances. Let's to put it politely, <laughs> flings. I've known a far That's more different. than four That's people different. having flings. But in terms of um, open sort of long term relationships, I, I can only think of four off the top of my head. And that's, you know, in a, in, a, in a long social work career. But it was interesting what Francesca shared with me, you know, the impact that it can have. So I want to start, start out with that. Um, let's talk about dating then as a social worker. Is it hard to date as a social worker? Because I've never had to, to do it. I've never had to do it. <laughs> Thank God. But is it, um, is it difficult? Does it, does it add a dynamic to dating and trying to find romance wow I think dating is hard full stop I Mm. mean there's a lot of um odd people out there and um it's just exhausting um I don't know I've not really got anything to compare it to because I've been a social worker the whole of my adult life um I mean obviously I dated when I was a like teenager and things but that's very different to an adult relationship so I haven't got anything to compare it to I can't say what dating was like pre-social work and post-social work but I know that it is tough anyway as a social worker I mean there's the time factor I mean this is a demanding job um not just sort of the day-to-day number of hours that you're at work but emotionally it's a draining job and to find the energy sometimes to go out with friends that you know and or family members that you're comfortable with after a long day at social work is hard enough let alone having to be all sparkly and and entertaining with someone that um that you've just met so I think that's really hard um and obviously social work is one of those jobs where when people ask or oh, what do you do for a living sometimes you don't necessarily want to disclose what you do for a living we've talked about that on the podcast before um about yes. when do you disclose that you're a social worker and even if you do come out with it you generally get two reactions one either admiration someone saying I don't know how you do what you do you must be a saint and sort of putting you on a pedestal or you get the other reaction, which is just pure horror and think that all you are is a child snatcher and something like out of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So um, that's also not good either. So there's very few middle ground reactions that you get when you tell someone you're a social worker. So, yeah, that that makes dating very hard. Yeah, it's interesting what you've said there about, you know, that revelation sort of coming out as a social worker. Um, because that's what they—that's um, what they were saying in the office. You know, three or four people that I was speaking to in the office today were, were talking about their experiences of online dating, which is something you know I've not done. None of them were open about the fact they were a social worker. Like none of them would ever put on the bio, you know, social work. But it's always like um, council worker, local authority worker, and things like that. I, I honestly can't blame individual people for doing that. There's, there's not a level of shame there. It's it's the media. It's the media narrative of social workers that results in people having to do that because, you know, the general media narrative of social workers is failing and corrupt and child snatchers and is, you know, being rubbish at our jobs means that a lot of people will 
will hold those views and think nothing of it. You know, I can't necessarily blame people for having that view of social work if that's what's spoon-fed to them. You know, there may be many things that have been, you know, spoon-fed by the media and by the government that I've got completely wrong. So I don't blame individual people for feeling that way about social workers who have got no frame of context to think anything else. And equally, honestly, you know, I, I sort of hate myself a little bit for saying this, but... I can't blame people for, you know, hiding that. And I've been in similar positions when I've been at parties and meeting people for the first time. You know, people asking what you do for a living and you're thinking it's a risk if you say social work. Because whether it's dating or whether it's small talk at a party or meeting someone for the first time, Terry, you generally get the polarised reaction. You either get a sort of deferred sense of gratitude and like, oh, I can't believe what you do for a living. And, like, you know, you sort of get credit that you perhaps you don't really deserve. Or you get a frosty reception. You 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 don't really get a rational response from most people, do you? No, no, you don't. It's, I think social work is such a niche profession that unless you've had direct experience, it's very hard to know what a social worker is. And I mean, we don't often know what a social worker does. So I mean, it's it's hard to define. Um, people know what doctors do, what nurses do, teachers, police officers. That that's that's something within our daily language in our ex- universal experience of the world whereas social work many people don't ever come across a social worker at all in their lives and that's great that's that's um we hope that people don't need us we try and work so that people don't need us that's kind of a, the, the the motivation for us so the fact that they might not know is not a, a bad thing but that makes it very hard for people to get what we do it does, it does, and I think it's certainly hard because you know when, when you meet someone for the first time, you you want to, you know, it's it's sensitive, isn't it? It's like how you would turn me down because of the fact that I simply want to put some meat in my pocket. Do you have? Would you have any objections to dating a fellow social worker, even though you know you've never done it and it's not really that common, from your opinion? Would someone being a social worker put you off, or would it be a bonus, or would it be? an indifferent feeling would you not care either way I think I'm kind of indifferent to it it doesn't really bother me what the other person does I think compatibility goes far beyond an occupation Um, there are many social workers that I get on with as friends many social workers that I don't Um, I think that's no different to then when you translate that over to dating Um, I think as long as your personalities match and your outlook on the world matches then that's a a good start. I suppose you have a common ground and a common interest and you've got things to talk about, but equally I wouldn't want a relationship to be like an extended supervision session or a (laughs) counselling session. (laughs) But day in, day out, I think that would be exhausting. And and this is why, I'm going to keep shouting out my friend Francesca, but this is why I was so keen. I tried to get her to come on the podcast, to be honest, tried to get her on. I was like, please, come on, I can just interview you. But wisely she uh, she declined my kind offer but i did buy her a box of chocolates uh, but you know what tilly you're going about me not being romantic i bought every woman in my office a four pound fifty box of chocolates today wow that is very generous what about and the I, men though or do you do you have any men in your office there's, there's one man in the office i didn't buy him a box of chocolates oh that's a bit that's a bit sexist you could have got yeah, him well he, he took it that way as well actually he, he yeah. was offended by it 
I would be offended. I think that's really mean. You and this is the problem. Oh, and this is it. I try. This is this is exactly the reaction he had. Like I tried to do a nice thing. Um, and I even gave one to the lady on the front desk as well. Um, because I always have a chat with her. You know, our receptionist. She got a box of chocolates. My manager got a box of chocolates, and every lady in the team got a box of chocolates. But he didn't. I didn't give one to him. Oh, that's discrimination. That is. That's, is um... it really? Is it really? Yeah. Can yeah. a can a man buy another man a box of chocolates? In a in a non romantic way on Valentine's Day, am I uh, am I behind the times here, Tilly? Am I showing my outdated views? But flip it around the other way, because you're you're buying all the ladies chocolates, but in a non romantic way, or I hope you are anyway. For um... I'm trying to seduce them all, Tilly. I'm trying to seduce <laughs> seven women. I'm trying to seduce seven women in the office right now. It's like a scattergun approach. If I give everyone chocolates, um, in the hope that you know one. One might work. If all seven work, well, I've got a lot, got a dilemma there. Who do I go with? I'd probably go with Linda, to be honest. The 65-year-old receptionist. She'd probably be my one. She's the friendliest. Lucky and she likes me. And I, and I think she likes me most as well. Well, I mean, you're a charming guy buying everyone boxes of chocolates. But yeah, i I feel sorry for that man in your office. I think that was that was mean. This is the problem with modern society, Tilly. I've done a lovely thing there. And rather than you focusing on the lovely thing that I've done, you focused on the one thing that I haven't done. Sorry, but um, maybe that is, that's just the sort of person that I am. But um, that's the morning. <laughs> and that that and that would that would that might lead me to turn down your advances on our date tonight, Tilly. I might say, oh, she's got a streak of bitterness to her. I don't like that. Oh wow. <laughs> she's a Never pessimist. Mind. And you're the kind of you're the kind of person to have a relationship with, and you would always you pick on my faults and not praise me for the good stuff. You'd be Vince. Yeah. Oh well, you know you've done all the dishes, you've done all that work, you've made me a lovely tea, but you left the knife on the side after buttering the bread. I feel like that's a personal story from your own. Um... No, no, I, well, it isn't because <laughs> I don't. I don't... I don't eat butter. I don't eat butter. Oh, just... no, that's true. That's true. You don't. So it do, can't so. be. So, yeah, um, I don't even know where we were there. I um, don't know well, where yeah, we are. I you were criticising me. You were criticising me for not yeah. buying a man in my team a box of chocolates when I bought all the ladies a box of chocolates. Yeah, I have a feeling you might get cancelled for this. This is the sort of thing that the celebrities get cancelled for. So really? Yeah. I could be cancelled in the social work community for not buying a man a box of chocolates. I don't know. People have been cancelled for Stranger Things. Well, we'll see. Well, let's, let's see what happens. Wait well, for the reaction. Now. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I've got me worried. <laughs> I don't get nervous, but I was starting to get a bit nervous. Oh, a bit risky, this. A bit risky. Would I'm thinking of all the things people have been cancelled. Like, I'm hardly Andrew Tate, am I? I'm hardly, I'm hardly Jeremy Clarkson criticising Meghan Markle. Um, I don't know. Is this? We'll see. I mean, no, you're obviously not on the league of um of Andrew Tate. Shall we uh, move on before you? Okay. Yeah, let's let's, let's let's move on before who who knows what I might do wrong next. Um, let's talk about online dating as a social worker then, because as we know, um, most people I think meet. Would it be fair to say most people now meet online? It feels that way to me. You know, more and more people that I speak to, how do you met? Most people tends to be online. Is that 
Is that right? Have I got the, the flavour for that one? <sighs> Possibly. I don't know. I, I think there's being a bit of a backlash around online dating. It certainly feels that way in the last, well, post-COVID, I suppose. Mm, swinging back the other so, way. So sick of it. I mean, it's it's horrible online dating. I hate it. I chose not to do it anymore. It's just, it's 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 weird. You get mm. so many odd messages, and the, there's so many men, and it is, I think, men that just decide that they're for, instead of saying, "Oh, hi, how are you?" They just send you an unsolicited picture of a, a part of, of a box anatomy. of chocolates. Of a box of chocolates. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> not. I wouldn't mind being meat. sent. A, Did they send you some? Did they send you a picture of some pocket meat? I mean, a different kind of pocket meat, but oh. yeah. I mean, it's it's not okay, um, and it's. I really, I think well, it's been made a crime now, but it still happens yeah. all the time. It's hard to yeah. police. Um, but yeah, it's it's not pleasant. No one wants to see that. That, that. That's not a hi, how are you? It's a this is what I've got, and this is this is what you could be letting yourself in for. It's not yeah. not appealing. Um, so yeah, online dating is just exhausting and I I wish people would go back to just meeting in person I think that's a far better way to do it with chocolates left on your desk at work yeah I mean that's a it is quite a a charming way to do it I have to admit there we go there we go oh but because you didn't get in the mail social worker chocolates oh that's it you're a bigot um the reason I asked this question is online dating uh, I've known some local authorities, none that I've worked in, but I've, I've you know, had it on good authority that some local authorities have not necessarily actively banned social workers from online dating, but strongly discouraged it because there is a high chance that they may end up being viewed and potentially connecting, whether they intend to or not, with people that they support in their roles as social workers. Um, and I've heard that some local authorities have, and, and managers in local authorities have actively discouraged their social workers from going on online dating sites because of potential issues. Would you agree with that? Do you think it's fair for a local authority to, let's not use the word ban, but do you think it's fair for a local authority to advise and warn against that because of the potential issues it could cause? Or do you think that is heavy-handed in the extreme? Yeah, definitely not. I think that's massively heavy-handed. And I think that's a breach of your right to your private life. Um, I mean, obviously, there is a risk if you are especially if you're living in the same place that you're working and these dating apps, they set your location, your geographical location and sort of cast a net from there. You may or may not come across people that access the service that you're working in, but it would be like meeting someone, I don't know, in a nightclub or a bar, you would just move on. It's, 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 I I don't see that there's a problem or should be an issue with it as long as you don't initiate anything and if you accidentally matched or 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 something then you just just delete and move on it's it should not be the local authority it should not be your employer's job to dictate who you can and can't date as long as they're not um not a, a service user 
And that's exactly what I said when this, you know, when a couple of people put and it was independent local authorities as well. I don't believe these two people connected the local authorities. It was two occasions this has been raised with me in, in some months apart, actually. And, and I, I don't believe there was any reason that these people were connected or the local authorities were connected. And, and that was my view that, you know, well, where does that end? You know, how obviously, you know, we've got ethical guidelines in our professional codes of conduct, which would you know, prevent us from having a relationship with someone we supported. But even on that note, I was thinking, well, how far, how far does that go? You know, could you have a relationship with the cousin of somebody you used to be social worker for? Could it be a neighbor? Could it be a friend? You know, that boundary isn't clear, is it? Obviously you can't have a relationship with the, with the, somebody you've supported, but you know, could it be a neighbor of theirs? Could it be an old friend? What if it's five years down the line and it's connected to them? Where's that line drawn from? On the one hand, we're saying, right, of course it's wrong. Of course it's wrong that you can't, you know, ban, of course it's wrong that you you ban your social workers from online dating. But when you get into other areas, it can be difficult. It can be particularly difficult for social workers who have grown up and who live in the local authorities where they work. And that's, a, I've, I've never, you know, I've only once for one year worked in the local authority where I've lived and I wouldn't do it again, not because I'm trying to date people that I support and they're connected families. Obviously, I'm trying to date Linda, the receptionist at work. I think it can be difficult. It's been difficult to make those judgment calls, can it not? Yeah, and I think that's just where people need to be sensible about it and think, stop and think before they start a relationship and think, how would this look to if the press got hold of it, if your employer got hold of it, yes. or Social Work England or your regulator, if you're not sure, seek advice, I think, before anything starts. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, seek advice. So let's consider that. How much of your personal love life are you willing to share with your supervisor at work? I mean, I'm quite close with my manager at work. Oh, well. She knows everything. <laughs> right. But let's but, um, most people, it, and, and this, this, is a, this is where I worry at times. And even discussing this, it can be difficult. Even discussing this. You know, obviously a lot of the things we discuss in the podcast we do in a, in a light-hearted manner, and usually, you know, we make me the butt of the jokes, which I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to amuse you, Tilly. I really am. But this is where it can become an issue. And I think this is social work isn't just like an ordinary job. You don't just go to work and you don't work nine to five and go home and just forget about it. It follows you. The impact of the job follows you. And we know that Social Work England guidance not only puts a massive burden on us of how we have to act in the workplace, but it puts a massive burden on us of how we act, have to act out of the workplace and I, and I think it can be difficult when it comes to personal choices like relationships and what we do for fun and our choices and our preferences and our political decisions. We can't, we can't hide the fact that we end up giving a significant portion of who we are and how we'll act over to our profession and our employer when we decide to become a social worker. Am I being dramatic about that or is it as scary as I'm describing it? No, I think it is as scary as you're describing it. We do give up a lot to be a social worker. Yeah. And I think that's why it's a it's a 
vocational job you 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 don't just fall into so well I mean we all fall into social work but you, you know what I mean you don't just apply for a random job and go and get it without any training or or that theory knowledge base behind it it's a, mm-hmm. it's a profession and you sign up to that code of ethics they're they're visible they're clear before you even sign up to your training you have to demonstrate that you're aware of them and that you're willing to make that personal sacrifice so I don't think anyone can claim that they've gone into it with their eyes closed and it does it when you think about it like that you know those are things that perhaps aren't always obvious when you start your career that becoming a social worker will significantly restrict how you can live your life. Now, of course, you know, the argument may be that it restricts that in a good way, that perhaps a lot of the things that being a social worker prevents us from doing are things that many people might consider might be immoral decisions or, you know, nefarious choices anyway. But it does rob us of a lot of personal agency, doesn't it? It does. But I don't think social work is alone in that. I think any profession, like people type profession or public service profession, or or even some of the private sectors now, I mean, the companies look through people's online history and, and find out, vet their employees, don't they? So I think that's just kind of the nature of living in a digital world now. Whatever yeah. you do in this competitive job market is 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 out there for all to see. What, such as admitting that you bought every man and every every woman in the team <laughs> chocolates, but not a man. Do you think that'll come back to haunt me? Do you think it may be, do, maybe. Do you think, uh, can you imagine me interviewing for a high-profile role, role in about four or five years' time? Um, well, Vince, you know, excellent, you know, very well done. Um, we'd really like to employ you. You know, you, you've, passed the, you've passed the interview and the test with flying colours, but, ah, um, is it true that on Valentine's Day 2023, you um, you didn't buy the man in your team a box of chocolates? Would you care to explain that decision for me? That's the sort of thing that haunts MPs, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you're ever trying to be a politician, if uh-huh. Vince decides that he's uh-huh. going to run to be prime minister or something, uh-huh. then... Um, yeah, you might want to reconsider. I think you've um, blotted your copybook a few too oh, many times no, to do that. That's that. That's the thing. That that that's the thing that's going to get me cancelled, is it? Well, that I think there's many, notes. many things that you've done, Vince, that um, could raise questions if you wanted to be a be the prime minister. Not that it should, because our, our prime minister's done some very questionable things himself and and his predecessors. But um, that's a that's a story for another day. You've, been, you've bullied me tonight, Tilly. I think you've bullied oh. me. Oh no! I think, I think this is this, this isn't this isn't a very nice Valentine's Day. Okay, it started oh. it started out badly with you criticising and laughing at my pocket meat. Um, it then got it then got worse with you sympathising with my wife and saying how unlucky she is. It continued with you questioning my uh, decisions not to buy the man in my team a box of chocolates because I thought he wouldn't like it and he wouldn't appreciate it. But the, the women would likely appreciate it because I never see him eating chocolate, but I do see all the women eating chocolates. And uh, now it's ended up with you suggesting that I will never achieve my lofty goal of being prime minister and I will be cancelled. Um, sorry, Tilly, I, I don't think we're going to be very compatible. You know, you've got a lot of qualities, but I... 
I need a lover who will build me up and not knock me down. Well, I feel like the tables have turned tonight because normally it's the other way around with you teasing me. So um, perhaps I'm getting my own back. You are. Um, Let's end on this note then. Does being a social worker affect the relationships that you have? So not just about finding relationships, but when you are in a relationship, what toll can and does being a social worker have on your other half? A lot, I think. It's um, it's a constant burden. I mean, that's not a very nice thing to say, is it really, considering that there are lovely, many lovely social workers out there. Um, but it's it's tough. I mean, they have to be prepared to support you and and deal with the emotional baggage that comes with being a social worker. That makes it sound awful. I think I'm running an ad campaign to what reasons not to date a social worker. Um, I think I should probably just stop talking and let you let you answer the question. Um, I think it has a significant impact. Being a social worker has an impact right from the very start. If you have a difficult day at work, I imagine it must be very, very hard to then go home and then start preparing yourself for like a first date and trying to put on, you know, the best possible impression you can of yourself. I think if people don't understand your job, they don't necessarily be a a social worker to, to understand the job, but if people are social workers or aren't social workers, you know, but understand your job, I think that's fine. They know that it's not a normal nine to five. They know that you are going to be late. They understand you'll come home and just feel absolutely empty and spent and can't talk. They understand that you can't really discuss, you know, many parts of your job given confidentiality. And they will understand why we work above and beyond and do so much for free and have unpaid overtime because it's a passion, not a job. If you don't get people to understand that, I've spoken to many of my colleagues whose partners have actively encouraged them to leave their jobs and also leave the profession uh, because of the impact that they see, not only that it's having on the relationship, but that it's having on the social worker themselves. Now, I don't think this is unique to social work, Tilly. I think any career that asks so much of you as social work often does and is so emotionally demanding and that can really have a big impact on you via vicarious and secondary trauma. I think any job would be the same. Um, But obviously I haven't done any other profession apart from social work. But I do think that it can have a significant impact on your relationship. And this is exactly what my friend Francesca was telling me today. She was saying having a partner that's a social worker can work if, you're aligned and things are going well. If you have different views and things start to go badly, there can be a significant issue because social work takes such a lot of effort and it takes so much out of you. that You know what it's like to be, even if we don't use the term relationship here, you, you've managed a lot of people, you've been a manager for a long time. You know that if your employees have got difficulties in their personal life, it can be very, very hard to commit to what you've got going on in your personal life and also work to capacity because we don't have much slack in social work, do we? No, we don't. It it becomes a very difficult 
situation where you're not giving your best to work or your personal yes. life you're compromising on both and that's how I think it can affect your relationships I think that if you're a social and these are just my views everyone this is just my personal view I think that if you're a social worker your personal life has to be in order has to be in really good order it has to be boring it has to be stable it has to be consistent it has to be in order if your personal life has issues, social work is so demanding that things will rapidly fall apart and you have to prioritise one or the other. And I'll be very clear, listeners, you should always prioritise your personal life. That comes first. And that's where I think, Teddy, that social work does affect your relationships and it affects other aspects of your personal life as well. Because there's very little leeway. The work doesn't stop. You can't take... Three days off in social work if you've got an emergency or you've got a relationship issue and go back and not have three times as much work because the work doesn't stop when you leave, does it? It just gathers. Unless you, you go off long-term, um, you've just got twice as much to do when you go back for taking the time off. And, and I think that's when it can affect relationships. I, I think that it can it can leave us emotionally drained to the point where it's difficult to commit to things in our personal life. Yeah, I think that's very fair. It takes a lot out of it gives us a lot, but it takes away a lot as well. The final point I'd make on that as well, and I'll see whether you agree or not, is we've discussed this before, which is why I want to raise it because it fits here. We've talked about how social work changes you as a person a few podcasts ago. I think, as I shared at the time, it can shift your perspective in relationships. So I know that I'm, I don't have the same views in life and in my relationships now because I'm a social worker and because I've been a social worker for a decade. And I think it can change people. I believe I've been changed for the better when we discussed this. But whether you change for the better or the worse, you still change from the person you got into that relationship with. And I think it can it can shift your perspective to such a degree that it can put strains on relationships if you weren't a social worker when you got together and if that person isn't a social worker and doesn't understand the career. Because suddenly you view life in a different way, Tilly, don't you, when you become a social worker? It changes your perspective and it can change your perspective quite fundamentally, can't it? Oh, definitely. It changes every single part of, of you. So... Yeah, that, it, it must be tough for people that have been in relationships before and after or during social work. It does, it does. We should end on a happier note, actually. But I can't, I'll tell you what, we should end on a happy note. Um, I'll ask you, was I wrong in not getting the man in my team a box of chocolates? And should I, buy, should I admit that I was wrong and buy him a box of chocolates? Would that fix the problem? Yeah, I think Or would it be should. weird? No, would it make an issue out of it by then buying him a box of chocolates as well? No, I think it will repair any damage to your relationship with him. I think go, go and buy him a box of chocolates and say sorry. And this is the problem. This is, this is why it's better not to do good things. <laughs> That's a whole different subject for another podcast. You, tr but... you try and help. You try and do a good deed. You try and help. And then the chocolates that everyone else got as a gift, that person gets as a sorry for... I'm sorry, here's some chocolates to say I'm sorry for not buying you the chocolates. No good deed goes unpunished.
which is why it's better to be antisocial. Um, thank you, listeners. We have left on that note, and I am aggrieved. Um, <laughs> on a serious note, Tilly, thank you ever so much for spending your Valentine's night with me. I would say the pleasure's been all mine, um, but yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> is, is, is there any to um, same again next week? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we'll, um, we'll just about brave it after yes. I've had a week off. You're going to give me another chance. You're going to give me another chance at seduction. Uh, not of a seduction, just another chance of, of podcasting. I another won't uh, be handing in my resignation just yet. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. On that sombre note, listeners, we, we may be back next week, we may not. I may be cancelled, and Tilly, who's now threatening her resignation from the show, may be here or may not be here. So tune in next week and see how this cliffhanger unfolds. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.